I'm Kara, and this is my husband, David. We've been married a few years and have a sweet baby girl named Everly. Before we were married, we actually both went through divorces. It wasn't something either of us wanted, but when we took a step back, we actually learned a lot about ourselves and relationships. Fast forward a few years, and now we find ourselves married to each other and with a commitment to keep a happy, healthy marriage. But we aren't doing it alone, and we want to share with you what we learned and how it's working for us. We hope that through our experience, you can learn and enrich your relationships. We're glad to have you join us in In Pursuit of Love. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Episode 6 of the In Pursuit of Love podcast. I'm Kara, and I'm here with my husband, David. Hey, everyone. In this episode, we're going to talk about something fun It's one of our favorite things, and that is the TV show Friends. Friends for us was one of the first ways that we connected. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when you told me that you liked the show Friends, I was instantly like, okay, this guy has real long-term potential. (laughs) Well, the funny thing about that is, I wasn't sure if you were going to like Friends because I feel like generationally, even though we're five years difference in age, those five years can be a big difference, especially when it comes to whether you like Friends or not like Friends. It's this real weird thing because I know people that absolutely can't stand Friends. And when we first started talking about that and you said you loved Friends, I thought the same thing. It was one of those moments that I felt this is meant to be. I know that sounds dumb, but when you're first getting to know someone, you look for those little things. And this was one of those things because I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I first got out of graduate school, I had my first job that was out in the middle of nowhere, literally in the desert in California. And I didn't know anyone there. So for the first several months, I don't know, maybe the first year, I purchased all of the Friends DVDs because it was that long ago. They didn't have digital versions of it. It wasn't on Netflix yet. And it wasn't even that long ago. It was like 15 years ago. Okay, but that does sound like a long time ago. (laughs) But not really. It was already in the 2000s. Yeah. But it's in the 2000s, so it doesn't seem like that far. But anyway, every night I would literally watch Friends to go to sleep. And I watched the 10 seasons, I don't know probably three or four times all the way through in that first year. Oh, so the friends were like your real friends. They were <laughs> my real friends. But it was, I loved it. And and even before that, when they were on television, uh, when we were in college, my brother, my sister and I, we would, well, actually it was a reruns at 11 o'clock at night. We would all come together at the end of the night. And that was our family ritual where we would just watch friends for that half an hour before going to bed so it was it was it was just a tv show obviously but it was so much more and it was the same for me in that i mean i watched it the end seasons i yeah i was too young for the early seasons but i remember watching the last few seasons with my sister at home and then watching all the reruns in college with all of my friends in the dorm and and it is something that bonds you oddly enough like when you can just laugh together Finding something that you can laugh about just goes so much in developing a relationship. So for us in those early days, it was so easy to – because it's awkward sometimes when you're talking to somebody that you've never met. Like we had no basis for a connection other than a friend who said, you guys need to meet. 
So we're just kind of making this relationship out of nothing. And it was good to just always have something that we can fall back on. And even to this day, we have so many inside jokes based on the show Friends. And there's always something. See, growing up, my dad, he would always do this thing with Seinfeld where there was all like anytime anything happened, it was like, oh, there's a Seinfeld episode about this. You know, he would always bring that up. And I feel like we do that with Friends. Like that's going to be Everly in like... I don't know, 20 years. How well, it's friends and the office as well. Well, yeah, the office too. <laughs> yeah, we have those. And I still remember when we first started dating because we were long distance. Remember, we would have it on in wherever we were. So at my house, I had it on and we were on Skype with each other. And then you would have it on on the same episode at your house. And we just watched together like that. And it was one of those ways that we we were able to connect. And one of the things that we have learned and continue to see that helps a relationship be happy and healthier is you have to find a way or something that connects you because the more that you're connected, the easier it's going to be for you to be each other's allies. The more that you're connected, the more goodwill you're going to give to each other. The more that you're connected, you're going to be able to take more risks. The more that you're connected, the more incentive you're going to feel to be able to work things out when things get tough. If you're connected to each other, it's just going to be easier for you to enjoy your marriage, enjoy your relationship. doesn't mean everything will be perfect, but if you have that common bond, it's going to go a long way in helping you during those difficult seasons or there's difficult moments in a relationship's lives. And for us, it just so happened that friends was one of those ways that we connect, but it also establishes this goodwill and it we laugh together. And so it's just a good, it's just a fun time. Okay, so what does friends have to do with relationships? And what we're going to do is talk about the one episode that whenever it comes on, we always disagree. Everything else in the show, I mean, for the most part, we agree on, we laugh at the same parts, and we always point out things. Okay, I, this might be saying too much, but I always feel like when we watch it, we're always like, oh, you are such a Chandler. You are such a Monica. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a Monica. You are definitely a Monica. Except for the clean part. Can I tell you that when I first started watching Friends, I could not stand Monica. She was so annoying. But listen, by the time I watched Friends those five times <laughs> in that one year, she finally grew on me. So... The fact that you're kind of a Monica sometimes isn't so bad. <laughs> and it makes me laugh because you want to be a Ross, but you are definitely a Chandler. <laughs> and Monica and Chandler end up together. So that's, that's why we're perfect. So there's our podcast. Just that's all we have to say. <laughs> we're each other's lobsters. Oh, Aww. that's for a different couple. Yeah. Close enough. But that's kind of what we're going to talk about is Ross and Rachel and in the early episodes you know what i forgot to remember what episode this is was it season three i know it was season three but i don't remember what number it is i don't either it's called the one where they are on a break and so if you've never watched friends first of all you need to go back and watch it and but it, it's hard now since it's not on netflix which is so annoying but you can you can watch it on youtube i'm sure yeah well, maybe the title of the episode is the one where Ross and Rachel take a break 
and it's the 15th episode in the third season. Good job. Yeah. Listen, I love the show so much that when they were available on on Apple TV years ago, I bought them. <laughs> yeah. But so what happens in this episode is Ross and Rachel have been dating for a while. I feel like since the end of season two. So they've been together for a while. It had been at least a year because they were celebrating something special. Yeah, they were celebrating an anniversary. And so what we want to do is walk through this episode and talk about where we disagree, why we disagree, and just some things that we have pulled out of this episode that seem like really good little relationship nuggets. Right. So do you want to set the episode up? Okay, sure. Like, I feel like I can sum it up in a few sentences. Do it. Okay. So Rachel has a new job, fairly new, and she's, it's her dream job working at, I don't know, Macy's? Is no, that no? Bloomingdale's, Bloomingdale's. Right? And she ends up having to stay late on a night that they had planned to celebrate their anniversary. And she says that there was a crisis at work and she has to stay late. And Ross is frustrated and says, you know, you're always at work. Can't we just, you know, can I just come there? Can't we do this? And she says, no, don't come. Well, the next scene, he shows up there anyway with a picnic basket and she is on the phone trying to figure this stuff out. She's really frustrated and he starts setting up this picnic with a candle. Yeah. Making a lot of noise, set something on fire and just caused a lot of disruptions. And so basically she's just like, you're ruining this. I need you to get out. And he gets really upset and he leaves. And then when she comes back to the apartment that night, they, she comes in and I think he kind of paused. He was eating the food Oh yeah. and he basically says, well, I'll be ready to accept your apology when you're ready. Something like that. Yeah. To that extent. And then she was like, well, I was going to give you a chance to apologize. And then they have this back and forth where they're talking about, their relationship, what was happening. And then Rachel ends it by saying, well, maybe we just need to take a break. And then poor Ross says, okay, let's go get ice cream. (laughs) And she says, no, I mean a break from us. And then he walks out. So that's how we set it up. No matter how many times we've watched this episode, I'm always on Ross's side and Kara is always on Rachel's side. Team Rachel. And for me, the reason I'm always on Ross's side, and I don't think it's just because I'm a guy, but maybe there's the writers yes. of the, maybe the writers of the show did some research or had someone tell them about the psychology of the difference between men and women. But I'm always on Ross's side because he comes in and the conversation he has with Rachel in her work area, he basically says, listen, you haven't had time for this relationship a lot lately. And his understanding was that because this anniversary was an important day for their relationship that she should have made time to celebrate this. Even if it was just something that happens there at the office for a few minutes, like all she had to do was say, thank you. I appreciate it. And then he probably would have felt validated or loved or whatever it is that he was looking after. I'm over here rolling my eyes (laughs) and that's how it goes with us when we watch this episode, because Rachel tells him this job is important to me. He makes that comment to her. It's just a job. And she snaps back and she's like, you have no idea what this job means to me. Like because of all of her history and where she came from, she was this little, I don't know. What's the word? Like socialite. Debutante. Debutante. Is that a real word? Well, no, it is. But that's kind of in the South. 
I don't know if that's everywhere. But yeah, so her dad was rich and she had this perfect little life planned out for her and she was about to marry this rich guy. And then she leaves it because she wants more for herself and she has this dream and she finally gets to it. And so it is, it's more than just a job for her. And she very clearly said she didn't have time and he wasn't listening to her. So I understand why she was frustrated. So I'm always (laughs) team Rachel because Ross just wasn't listening. And I'm always team Ross because a job is just a job and relationships are forever till death do us part. Although they weren't married. They were married. Yeah, but. But it was a very significant relationship for them. Right. So all this to say, we always disagree on that. But what we have come to agree on as we watch this and as we, you know, think about our own relationship and how this really does help relationships is there's a lot that we can learn from how they argue and how they talk to each other and, and the result of this. And so we want to walk through a couple of those things and share what we think the value is that we can get from watching this friends episode. Do you want me to say the first one? Sure. The first big one? Is that in every relationship, we come to this relationship with a certain set of expectations of what we think the relationship should be like, what we expect our partner to be like, uh, what we expect ourselves to be like. But we're always bringing a set of expectations to a relationship. And when they're not met, then we have the sense of thinking that, oh, this relationship isn't going to make it or this relationship isn't what I thought it was. And it's really easy to disconnect in those moments because when your expectations aren't met, it's easy to want to walk away from this. And a lot of times we think our expectations are the most important ones or our expectations are the right ones for how a relationship should work. And we don't always consider that there are other ways to function in life and incorporate our partner's ideas, beliefs, dreams, all of those things into expectations. So it's not my expectation, your expectation, but it comes down to these are our expectations for how our relationship goes, not my expectations for my relationship. Right, because when you're in a relationship, there's two of us. And I don't think we realize how much even our like family of birth or our origin of what we saw our parents, we bring all of those narratives, whether we know it or not, into our relationships. And whenever we do premarital counseling, that's one of the things we always ask, you know, what were your parents like? What was your home life like? Because you bring that in some form to your relationships. And it's important to know what they are and name those because it is really easy to forget that you have these expectations or and that you start bickering, you start arguing, you start disconnecting and by the end of the first year of marriage all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself is this really what I signed up for and you didn't realize no it's it's just this picture that I thought it was supposed to be like but in a relationship if you can find a way to merge and meld and maybe even create a new picture it's going to go a long way in helping you to be happier and healthier in your relationship. Because a lot of times you judge your relationship or not judge your relationship, but you develop these expectations based on what you see and what you experience. And so you can say, well, my parents did it this way. So this is how it should be. And it's not that that's 
wrong, but it's just starting to expand your idea of, yes, this is how I've always seen it done, but it doesn't mean that it's the only way for it to be done. And so to circle back to the Friends episode, Ross's expectation was that if the relationship was important to Rachel and to him, they're going to make time for it. And for him, the expectation was that a relationship was ultimately more important than a job. And for her, I guess the expectation was that he would value what she valued. That is definitely an important lesson that I have learned in relationships is that if it's important to one of you, it needs to be important to both of you. Even if you don't share the same level of interest, like David is very into cycling. I could care less. That's not true. I like to ride my bike. I like to go, like when we go camping, when we go to the beach, love to ride my bike. You like to ride your bike leisurely. Yes. Yeah. Not for sport, not for exercise, not frequently. And I don't like to sit down and watch cycling. But That's you like, do a really good job, especially after this last tour de France and asking me questions and you were really interested. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because in my mind, I knew that you didn't know any of the people I was mentioning, but just the fact that you ask and I kind of broke it down to you, it was still fun. I now know what a Peloton is. And it's not and a not stationary bike. bike. Yes. <laughs> Even though those are cool. Those are very cool. Not sponsored by them yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something that's small, just an interest. But I mean, there are bigger things like like this job for Rachel, because Ross's history was, I'm assuming, I mean, he so he was a professor or wait, was or he a paleontologist? No, he was a paleontologist at that time. I don't think he, he wasn't a professor yet. And like they said, as a kid, you know, whenever they do flashbacks, he was obsessed with dinosaurs. And so he went to college and that was just always his trajectory was he was into dinosaurs. And it seems like that fell into place really quickly for him. You know, but for Rachel, her course was very different. And so this job signified not just a job, but it signified her being able to be independent, being able to do something on her own where she wasn't depending on a man. Like she was depending on her dad or depending on her possible husband to provide for her. And I think her expectation growing up was that she would just be a wife like her mom and just do all these fancy rich people things and not have to worry about working. So it, for her, this wasn't just a job. It signified so much more. And that's why it always frustrates me that Ross doesn't see that. Well, and the other thing that happens when you just want to exert your expectations on the other person, it's actually selfish because you're basically saying what I want is more important than what you want. And again, no one thinks that. No, you don't think that in your brain but by not giving voice to both people's expectations, you kind of are just trying to be a tyrant without even knowing it. And that's always going to lead to disconnection. And I think that's why it's so hard to understand these expectations is because like you said, they are often hidden in so many ways. It's just, this is because for you, expectations are, are just givens. It's not, an, an if or or and or whatever. It's just this is the way the world works. And until you experience something else and you open yourself up to, okay, maybe I need to understand how their world works so that our world can work better together. And so it's so important for us in the context of our relationships to be flexible 
and to realize that because we are going to have different expectations and it's really important for us to communicate well with each other and be patient with each other. That's really the key is if we could be a little more patient with each other and talk a little bit more about what's really bothering us, like you're going to get to the core of it faster and then you're going to be able to navigate those circumstances so that you're not having to take a break, right? So that you're not having... And we're going to talk about this in a moment, but where you're not having to take the nuclear option just because there was a disagreement or a miscommunication. Because that's ultimately what it was, is neither one of them could let go of their expectations and they continued to force that on each other until it did. It led to their breakup. And neither one of them was willing to listen to what the other person was really trying to say. So the next one that we really see value in that we've learned from them. And well, I wouldn't, okay. We didn't learn this from them, but when we watch it back, we're like, Oh yes, we do this really well. Is that you always both need to apologize and take ownership. This was very hard for me to learn because I hate admitting that I'm wrong. I just, I do. I don't like it. I don't like having to say I'm wrong. And it's not that it's hard for me to apologize, but I think sometimes I would get into the mindset of, well, I'm not really sorry because what I did was right. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that that sounds bad, but that is something that I have had to, to really like look at myself and say, just because I think it's right again, doesn't mean that it's always right. And it, I have to take into account your feelings and how you have experienced us or whatever, anytime we've had an argument. So what they failed to do was to each apologize. They were waiting for the other one to apologize. And they thought that they had no part in it because they were justified. And I've been there and I've done that and it didn't end well. Well, and they were, they felt justified because they were both coming from this, from a strictly emotional kind of perspective so my feel you know ross's feelings were hurt because she wasn't making time her feelings were hurt because she wasn't feeling heard and being valued and so what ends up happening is in most disagreements and most arguments both sides have a role to play like that's the truth we don't want to hear that because sometimes when you feel justified like you're saying you don't feel like you have to take ownership for anything because if you feel like you're the one that's been hurt then the other person should have to apologize. But what we don't realize is that we may not have said anything, but there's, you know, there's certain cues or certain things that we do. There's body language. There's all sorts of things that go into it. And, and we just have to take ownership. And again, it's in a relationship when you take ownership of your, of your part and the role you're playing in an argument or a disagreement, that's not a bad thing. Because in arguments and relationships, it's not about winning. Because if one of you wins and the other one loses, then guess what? You both lose because you're in this together. And that's what's so important about what we see in this episode is they were unwilling to take responsibility for what they were bringing to this argument, to this misunderstanding. And and we saw what happens. They end up going on a break. And what we continue to see as, again, we didn't learn this from this episode, but we begin to see this so much now Is that until you're willing to take responsibility and ownership of what you have said or done, it's going to be hard to really reconcile and you're just going to create resentment. You may think that you resolve the issue, 
but that resentment keeps growing and keeps building. And that's what happens when you wake up four or five years down the road and you feel like the person that's laying next to you is a stranger. And when you're apologizing, I think what I had to really grasp is letting go of this idea of an apology is me admitting that I did something wrong and that that's bad. Because to me, it was apologizing is saying, I did something wrong. I'm a failure. But really what it comes down to is recognizing that, okay, maybe I didn't intend to, because that was always where I came from. I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt you. So I'm not going to apologize that you have hurt feelings just because you might've interpreted something that I did in a certain way. But really it's recognizing that, okay, you are hurt. Like clearly something that I did or said or a way that I moved or looked at you, it has hurt you. And because I value this relationship, I have to own that and say that, not say, I'm sorry that you're hurt, but say, I'm sorry because I did this and really take ownership of that. And you're very good at that. And it's kind of annoying sometimes <laughs> because it forces me to take a step back and remember that, okay, whatever we're arguing about, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's not the real issue anyway, but whatever we're arguing about is not as important as this relationship. And so whenever you apologize, it always does help to just disarm the situation and just really remind me and remind us that we are focusing on our relationship. And I think the reason that I do that is because I do want to, I am sorry if I hurt you, like you're my wife, you're the person that I want to treat better than anyone else in the world. So obviously if, if you're upset, if you're bothered, if you're hurt and it's something that I did, whether I meant it or not, then you know what? It's on me. And what's so important about that is when you're able to disarm an argument, then you're able to enter into a different stage of being able to figure out what happened, what went wrong. And you can do it in a way where you're talking about it and you're not yelling at each other or arguing about it. And that's what's so important because listen, I've been where I didn't do that. And oftentimes what happens when we feel like we have to apologize or, or we're in an argument, we naturally get defensive. But being defensive in the context of a relationship like this never solves any problems, doesn't help to resolve anything, and it just keeps prolonging the the argument. And if you want to be in a happy and healthy marriage, then you have to learn to take ownership, take responsibility, apologize. Now listen, if you don't want to do any of those things and you don't want to be in a happy, healthy relationship, well, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are invested in the relationship that you're in, it's going to take some of these intentional shifts in the way that that you do things. And in the long run, it's going to help because honestly, it's better that way. And, and it helps you the next time you disagree about something to be kinder and more patient about what you say and how you say things. Another thing that jumped out at us was how Rachel does place value on her job. And even though that is one of the reasons that I take her side in this whole little argument, and I do think that Ross doesn't understand that, but all that to say, I do see in her how much it affects their relationship, the fact that her value comes from 
her job and not from within herself. And that concept is so important to us and so crucial. You can go back and listen to episode two and we talk about how we feel like that is definitely the secret to a happy and healthy relationship is when you are a healthy individual and finding your worth outside of yourself, finding your worth in a title, whether it's your job, your role as a mother. For me, it was role as a wife. We talk about how that can be so damaging to a relationship. So I don't think we need to go into much detail there other than to say it is, it was, it's fun for us to see how it plays out. And even if it's in, you know, sitcom fake world, just to see how that idea that is so important to us does play out. You're so right. Whenever we find our value in external things, eventually all external things may come to an end. And then what does that mean about how we value ourselves? So yeah, definitely check out episode two if you want to learn a little bit more about how not to do some of that. The last thing that we want to talk about that we saw just a few days ago when we were watching this episode again is that when things got difficult for Rachel, because things hadn't been difficult before, the sitcom didn't show us that there were 10 episodes of bad days between them. But it Well, was, there was just one little blip where there was like, all the jealousy. Right, right, right. But I mean, it wasn't like Ongoing, this last year. horrible yeah. relationship. But when it got really frustrating for her, when it got tough for her, she dropped the nuclear option, which is let's break up. And in marriages, oftentimes we see this where people will say during an argument or after an argument, well, we can just get a divorce. We can just get a divorce. And you say that sometimes so lightly, not you, but the general you. <laughs> but if you say that, often enough, it begins to create a subconscious narrative within you. And the reality is the words that we use, they have consequences. And you may not want a divorce, but the more you say that, it almost creates the opportunity or it creates an option that, well, you know what, if we, if this doesn't work out, then we'll just get a divorce. I have a professor who, okay, I, th I don't think this technically was his quote. I think he was quoting Freud, but Freud, I'm pretty sure it was Freud, would always say there's truth in all humor. And even though saying, well, maybe we should just get a divorce, even though that's not like a humorous thing, but if you're meaning it like that, if you're meaning it as you're not serious, then it is kind of a joke. But I mean, it, it goes, does go back to that. There is an ounce of truth in all of these things. So if, if that thought is entering in your head, hey, it would probably be easier if I just walked away instead of working through this difficulty. And if you're the one that's on the receiving end of hearing that, that's extremely painful. And, and the message that it's sending is that I, I really don't love you enough to work through this. I really don't love you enough to go through this difficult moment. So let's just get a divorce. And, and if you want to be in a happy and healthy relationship, that's just not an option that you should ever take because it, it may have some unintended consequences that in the long run, like you may be speaking something into existence that didn't have to happen that way. And a lot of times we jump to that because we kind of feel like we're having the same argument over and over and over. And, and that was, that did come up because I think in that episode, he does say, is this about Mark again? And she's like, no, it's not. And that was that other episode where there was all the jealousy. And so we kind of think like, okay, we can't get past this. So I guess we just have to get divorced. Like if we can't solve this argument, then I guess that's the only option. 
And A, there's a lot of things that are never going to be solved. And B, it's important to remember that what you're arguing about may not always be the real issue. So they were arguing about not making time for each other, whether or not they should have had a date or whatever. But you have to look a lot of times at what is really underneath the issue and what is below the surface. And oftentimes it's what's the fear? What's the fear that each one of them had? You know, for Ross, it was the fear of not being loved, right? He had gone through a divorce and all kinds of other issues. And for Rachel, the fear was maybe that people wouldn't think that she was good enough or valuable enough or smart enough if she couldn't do her job well. So there, the question that we've learned to ask ourselves or to ask each other is, what's the fear? What is your fear? Like, what is it that's really underneath the surface? Because if you can get to that, then it's a whole lot easier to have conversations about that than what's on the surface. Because what's on the surface all, oftentimes is anger. Anger is usually a secondary emotion anyway. And so we have to get to the bottom of, of what it really is, because then you can begin to have conversations and then you can really get your relationship to that next level. That's going to just continue to help you to be happier and healthier. This was really fun for us. We got to go back and watch one of our favorite shows and it just helped to remind us about that early connection that this show played for us. So we always encourage you to maintain that connection with your significant other. And if you need to go back and remember what it is that connects you or remember that the role that whatever you're doing, maybe it's watching a silly show together, maybe it's biking together, doing something active, whatever it is. And I would encourage you to find something fun that you can enjoy doing together and remember what it is that helps connect you. Because by doing so, it'll help you to have a happier, healthier relationship for the long run. Thanks for listening to the In Pursuit of Love podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you know someone that might benefit from our conversation, we'd love for you to share it with them. We'll see you next time as we continue to journey In Pursuit Pursuit of of love. Love.